Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 136. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director, and I am here with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, I, I got the titles right this time. You did. I'm Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back. We are. Uh, how, was your, how was your holiday break? Quiet. Same. Busy. It was a little under the weather. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully I don't start coughing in the middle of this podcast. I don't think you will. Thank you. Thank you for the vote of confidence. It's good to be back. It's been a while. There's been a lot happening in the InfoSec sphere. Uh, but there's one thing that I thought was pretty urgent, pretty relevant for us to talk about. Touches on a lot of things that Tech Target and Search Security are involved in. Um, and I'm referring to the uh, APT, APT 10 uh, nation state hacking group. Uh, shortly before the holidays, the Justice Department indicted two Chinese nationals who are alleged to be members of APT 10, a uh, threat group that has been around for, well, we now know, according to the documents, they've been around for a while, for many years, but they've, they've CrowdStrike wrote a report on them not too long ago. Other vendors have sort of um, zeroed in on them. Uh, and according to the DOJ, uh, APT 10 engaged in a, a very extensive hacking campaign over, I guess, a number of years to steal intellectual property and trade secrets from a host of U.S. companies. So it wasn't, this was not uh, steal um, money, this wasn't steal personal data, this was this was just stealing IP and trade secrets. This is something that China, I mean, you know, Peter, something they've been accused of for a number of years, and this was some one of the things that uh, if you remember also, that came up during in the Obama administration, the, the, the ceasefire, the truce, the we're not going to hack each other for this stuff. Uh, that was sort of a linchpin of that, um, the lead up to that agreement. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was it was a big, big news that it and, and even uh, that there was re- there were reports that Chinese uh, hacking had been dropping. Yeah. In the wake of that agreement, which were it's not entirely clear that that. They may have just been better at covering their tracks, perhaps? It, it's th- That's an interesting question that I guess we can tackle right off the bat. I don't I, – I've seen sort of conflicting um, – like I know CrowdStrike, I think, I think in their statement about this case when the indictments went live uh, a few days before Christmas, they said that this, is, this has been going on for a while. Now, a while um, – it's, you know, it's hard to gauge – there are a number of people out there who felt like uh, nothing's really changed in terms of Chinese hacking activity since that agreement was forged between China and the U.S. during the, uh, I think it was 2015. It, it was, yeah. Um, so if I had to guess, they've probably done a better job uh, covering their tracks. It, it's hard to believe that they would have you know, just dropped this type of activity altogether. And even if they were told by the government, how do you regulate that? Even for nation state uh, groups, state sponsored groups that are probably acting on their own, their contractors, they're maybe ex-military, they can hack a few companies and get trade secrets and sell those things on their own rather than just to give them to the government. Like that's who knows. But yeah, so CrowdStrike had said uh, in its statement about this case, uh, quote, 
For the past year, CrowdStrike has been reporting on the increase of activity we've seen from Chinese state-affiliated cyber threat actors aimed at stealing trade secrets from nearly every sector of the economy, including biotech, defense, mining, pharmaceutical, professional services, transportation, and more, end quote. So at least the last year. And uh, there are other vendors, like I said, that are out there that said similar things. Uh, so the, see the indictment was made public. And the interesting thing about this isn't just the fact that the U.S. is going hard at China and you know, naming two Chinese nationals that, that it says are part of a state-sponsored group, hacking group. The, the interesting thing to me and to other folks as well, I don't want to just, like, like I'm some genius that, uh, you know, zeroed in on this one when no one else did. We've, we've talked about this. Other outlets have written about it as well. Uh, the APT-10 had sort of a unique uh, campaign. There were, there were two campaigns th- that were detailed in the indictment, but the one in particular was known as the MSP campaign, MSP, Managed Service Provider. And they hacked into, rather than hacking directly into all these individual companies, I think there were a few dozen of them that were listed. Um, they didn't list the companies by name, but they listed you know, different verticals and however many companies had been uh, hacked over, over the years that this campaign was running. Rather than hack into these companies directly, they hacked into the managed service providers that were, that were managing these companies' networks and infrastructure, and they used that access to just, you know, basically set up a buffet line and just just run these companies uh, and, and just loot them. And I thought that was really interesting because this has been written about before. There was a – I'm trying to remember who wrote the research report. I know Computer Weekly covered it. But, but this had come up a while back, like months ago, uh, maybe even last year, maybe even like uh, – or last year, 2017 – uh, that hackers, nation-state hackers, potentially Chinese hackers, were using MSPs to try to get in, get a foothold into enterprise networks. Um, but this is so I, I I don't know if you had a chance to look at that information, but it, I read through the report the first time, you know, the DOJ doc and then the indictments. I skimmed it. I went through it a second time. I was pretty shocked at like what had gone on, like what exactly. Um, APT-10 was doing. It's not that sophisticated. It's, <laughs> it's really kind of depressing. Uh, w- would you agree? I would. I mean, using the MSPs in this way shows that, I mean, it, it, the, the, the metaphor that came to my mind was, you know, somebody who has a lot of money who, sit, who hides it under their mattress um, may decide to, you know, that's not a secure way to do it. Take no. all their money, take it to a bank. Now, if the bank was hiding all of its depositors' money under mattresses in this in in, it, in the back room, that's sort of like the situation we have here, where yeah. these MSPs are are clearly not um, they're not up to up to snuff for for doing this for for one company, let yeah. alone for all of their customers, and the customers are trusting the MSPs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically giving them ownership to run their networks yeah exactly I mean and 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 that's and protect them I mean I yeah. the documents say MSPs but and we don't know who they were they reference one uh, that has offices in the Southern District of New York I think that's where the indictment was um, filed and, and unsealed and all that uh, so I mean it could be any number I mean how many Southern District of New York I mean that's Manhattan that's 
I think it's the Bronx. I, I, regardless, that's a lot. I mean, how many companies may have offices there? It's just it's tough to tell. So it's it's unclear if it was just a pure play MSP or if it was a company, a larger company that had a managed security service provider angle. Who, who knows? But yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, that's one of the reasons that you go you go to an MSP is so yeah. that you don't have to worry about these things. Hopefully, you know, that that's the intention. Right. And, I mean, I would use an MSP if I was running a business because I'd want to not have to deal with that. But I don't know if I would I, – I would I would look very, very carefully. Yeah. I'll, I'll say um, having covered the reseller and service provider channel, mm. uh, solution provider channel for many years, I will say – that um, I'm pretty familiar with the managed service provider model. Mm -hmm. And it'll vary, like any model. Like, I mean, there are, uh, there's pure play resellers. There's more, um, you know, consulting type solution providers. It, it just depends, uh, like, like any sort of uh, uh, business. But the really good managed service providers, I mean, they come in and they, they, are, they, are, they are your IT operation. They are running your... IT systems, your infrastructure, they're monitoring the networks, the traffic, they're protecting it, they're doing everything. Uh, so when I first read about this, I said, what, what a great idea to go at these guys who may not, may be underprotected, may not have the greatest InfoSec posture. You hack one company, you get access to dozens or more. I mean, who knows how many, many they really got? I mean, the document, uh, the indictment, Again, I think it references maybe 40-something in the uh, companies affected in the MSP campaign. Um, but I want to read you something here, Peter. Th this, was, this was interesting. Uh, so you hear nation-state attack, and you think, wow, these guys must be like crackerjack hackers mm -hmm. that are using uh, uh, previously unknown uh, advanced cyber weapons in zero days and, and complex techniques. Peter, let me let me <laughs> let me dispel that notion, if I may. Uh, Please. So APT ten, according to the indictment, generally used uh, spear phishing emails to target individual MSP computers or employees. So they sent these spear phishing emails off, uh, and then quote installed multiple different customized variants of malware, commonly known as PlugX, Red Leaves, and Quasar Rat on MSP computers located around the world. Okay. These are not, again, these are not like shadow brokers, like previously unknown cyber weapons, hacking tools that only the military had. This is just like malware that they got that was out there, that's been documented. There are books on it. Books. You know what I mean? Like there's a book on it. There's a playbook on it. Uh, they tweaked it a bit. They hit it in some files. They put them in spear phishing emails, and these guys, these guys clicked on them. These guys, I don't know who they were. I don't know what employees, but so they get into one computer. The attackers gain access to to a few, you know, few systems. They get the admin credentials by moving around. They they are able to move around even more, and then they get access to the client systems. Uh, now, <laughs> this is this is where it's really. Uh, disturbing. So they get access to the admin credentials. They get access to the client networks. Now, one of the things that MSP is supposed to do, Peter, is monitor 
the network, monitor the traffic, monitor all, everything that's going to and from, right? Mm -hmm. So the attackers encrypted all of this, like this data that they got, the IP, the trade secrets, the business plans, emails. Uh, so they created encrypted archives and, quote, moved the data of an MSP client to one or more other compromised computers of that MSP or its uh, other client networks. So they basically were taking these archives and moving them to and from within the customer, then to other, like, or, or uh, within the MSP, then to the customers and back and forth. And then they, ex you know, after they're done moving it around, they exfiltrated to a bunch of domains that they had under their, their control, 1,300. No one noticed? Maybe they no. weren't logging the... Or maybe they weren't. Maybe it was between times that they looked at their logs. That's, I don't know. I mean, that's you would think that there would be something that they would do. That's incredible. And we don't know. Again, we don't know how this campaign was. Maybe it was one of the MSPs that was involved and saw these archives being moved around and said, "Oh, this doesn't look good." Alerted somebody, led to an investigation. They contacted law enforcement, and that's how. Maybe that's how this happened. Maybe this is how this came to light. But, the, the you know, reading this, the sound of it is these these archives, for however long this campaign was going on, you know, are just being shifted to and from. There's, there's encrypted data moving across networks, not just within the MSP network, but to clients. Yeah, you would think that there'd be something, a red flashing light that would go on when you see big volumes of data moving from one internal net, internal network of one of your clients to an internal network of another one of your clients if you're the MSP. That's, I, I'm, I'm not an expert. Don't, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know that that's the case, that that's something that you have to monitor for, but I assume it would be something that you would want to be looking at. You want to look at your, your, flow, your, your network flows and yeah. see where things are going and where they're coming from. Yeah, I um, mean, that seems a really basic requirement, a, a, a prerequisite for any MSP like that's got to be in your terms of service somewhere like uh, your your service level agreement or side like I, I just can't believe that that's not part of the bill and if it is part of what you're you're contracting an MSP for how did they miss it um, and again you know they referenced the one with headquarters in the Southern District of New York but it sounds like there were multiple MSPs that were uh, taken advantage of that were hacked mm -hmm. in this campaign over however many years or however much time that this went on. Um, it really says something not great, and it's probably underselling it, about like the MSP model to me. Because, like, okay, if your InfoSec posture is bad, if you, you get a spirit, a really good phishing email, we've talked about how hard distinguishing phishing emails are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, they're no longer distinguishable by the naked eye or even good, like, email security programs, if you do them right. Uh, I, I guess if you have things like DMARC and you have, like, you know, what Google's doing with the security keys, you can prevent this type of stuff from happening. But, like, okay, you get infected. Bad. Not great. But then to allow that to, like, fester on that device and get to another device and then allow people to get admin credentials 
that's bad. But then to not notice like what's going on in those networks that you're supposed to be monitoring and managing is incredible to me. So, I mean, is this, you know, no pun intended, but is this an indictment of the MSP model to you? Well, so first of all, one of the things that strikes me is that we talk about um, the vector or the attack surface of of third parties. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody that's more of a third party than an MSP. Yeah. Um, they're come. You're you're basically turning your keys keys to all your to your whole cast yeah. over to them, and saying, "Here, protect me. Here, you know, we'll pay you X dollars a month." Um, but it's really it really is very very plainly a, a a case where you have a third party that you're giving trust to, and you're if you're not monitoring and, and keeping on top of what your your service providers, what your third parties that have access to your network are able to do and what they're doing to protect themselves and to protect you, um, this kind of thing is going to happen. And it, and because it is all um, profit-driven, yep. yep. security is not uh, – security doesn't directly generate profit usually. Yeah. Um, Unless you make it do it, um, unless you make it so you can you can if if you're an MSP and you're and you're selling secure security as part of your if you're an MSSP yeah then you better you surely better be yeah. doing a good job at security or not just a good job a great job yeah because um, otherwise why would I pay you to handle my security if you're not going to do an any any better job right than I am and you're also going to open open me and my other co-customers to, to, to worse attacks. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, in a way it's an indictment of the model, but I think it's just a question of, uh, that, that the people involved in the business have to do a better job. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to, right. You don't want to group the entire MSP industry into one basket and say that they're not up to the task because uh, you're talking about individual companies here and we don't know exactly how many, right. But it is, I mean, it's a wake up call at the very least. Uh, that, you know, you're being targeted by advanced persistent threat groups. I mean, that's what an APT is, APT-10, whether it's it's them or another group. Um, Another interesting angle to this is when you hire an MSP, you're doing so because you usually don't have the resources to do it yourself. And I don't know who the clients were. I mean, there's, I mean, how many different verticals that I list there. I mean, a lot. Yeah. Who knows how big they were? Or, um, are, are they hot startups and they don't have a lot of like IT people? Maybe, or maybe they're, they're larger companies and they just figure someone else can do a better job. But when you hire an MSP, you're not devoting a lot of internal resources to monitor your own network. You're giving that to the other company. So, you know, when I read that part about, about moving these ar- ar- encrypted archives, not just from, you know, different systems within the MSP, but to, to the client systems as well. It's pretty brilliant because, I mean, those clients probably don't have a lot of resources, probably don't have a lot of people monitoring this. And if you can fool the MSP, then what does it matter? You're gonna fool. You're gonna fool the the end user client as well. It, you're probably not gonna uh, alert anybody there uh, because they don't have the people. They don't. They don't. They're contracting someone else to do this for them. So it's kind of an ingenious plot uh, by the by the hackers behind this. And again, we don't know that, it, you know, these two individuals that were indicted are, you know, the, the 
the culprits, and this is what's being alleged. But, you know, APT 10, like I said, it's been written about before. Um, last point, sort of uh, not on the subject of MSPs, but on, on China, circling back to the start of our conversation. So I thought this was interesting in the press conference. Uh, the press conference, FBI Director Chris Ray said, no country poses a broader, more severe long-term threat to our nation's economy and cyber infrastructure than China, end quote. Agree? Disagree? I'm going to uh, agree slash disagree with an asterisk here. Okay. Uh, why didn't FBI Director Chris Ray say China presents the broadest, most severe long-term threat to our nation's economy and cyber infrastructure? Um, and I'll and I'll tell you because if he said China is the number one threat, then people could say, well, what about Russia? Yeah. Or you know, I, I could say or or Iran or yep. you name it. But like I think China and Russia are the two biggest threats. He didn't say it was the biggest threat from China. He said there's no bigger one. Right. So I'll say okay, I can agree with them with an asterisk because. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's yeah. Maybe his reason to say there's no bigger threat is so that nobody can say, well, what about Russia? Right, Russia's up Russia's there. Up Russia's there. maybe equal regard. Yeah. Yeah, regardless. I mean, arguably, people can you know people people can reason reasonable people could argue that Russia is a greater threat. Yeah. Just as as reasonable people could also argue that China is the greater threat. Right. But I think they're they're both threats. Yeah. And, and they're great threats. Yeah. So. You know, minimizing anything on the basis of, of that statement, to me, I, I don't know. What do you think? Are, well, the, are, do you do you feel like? I was struck by it because. The part that really stood out to me after the you know the the. Saying that there's no bigger threat than China. Okay, all right, but so to our nation's economy and cyber infrastructure, I mean that to me sounds like, they feel like. China's not just going after economic. This isn't just like industrial espionage, you know, trying to steal from our economy, trade secrets, IP. Like that they're going after our cyber infrastructure. That's that's a different story. That's not what they talked about in the press conference or in these docs, by the way. So I thought that I, I thought that was interesting. So they're basically putting this on the same level as you know, in Iran or Russia. I mean, those are the two co- two countries that are, are accused of things like election interference, um, attacking um, our, our, our internet infrastructure. I mean, literally going after, you know, uh, our, our, our infrastructure that we use to communicate um, for whatever reason, you know, Attacking our just our general infrastructure, whether it's election or um, uh, critical infrastructure, uh, you know, electrical grid, things like that. So that that struck me sort of on the second read through. And there's there's nothing again in the discussion about this particular group that has anything to do with like attacking our cyber infrastructure. so maybe something's coming. Maybe there's more. I, I don't know. But there's definitely, I mean, we've talked about this previously. There's definitely some type of uh, friction here. I mean, there's obvious friction, but there's, there's, there's 
a, they're going at there's an agenda here. There's a direction. They're going at China hard. And maybe they should. I you know, like CrowdStrike said, it's it's high time for this to be done. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I sort of leave that to the experts, but it does kind of give me a feeling that something may be something more may be coming. Something new and interesting for the new year? Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, by the way, it's not just uh, Iran and Russia kind of uh, poking around at uh, electrical cyber, uh, you know, mm. uh, uh, substations or, or you know, uh, um, uh, voting machines or God knows what. Um, it's uh, China as well. And that's never been their MO, really. Mm. It's always been sort of the collecting data on people with security clearances, people in the government, and then stealing IP and trade secrets. But maybe the game is changing. That's not great news for us, by the way, <laughs> if that's if that's escalating. Um, so happy New Year, Peter. <laughs> yes, and happy New Year to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll end on a positive note, uh, I guess. Um, but yeah, thanks for sitting in here to discuss this with me. This is we're going to be looking at this sort of the implications of this for the MSP model. Uh, in the new year here, and and what it means for um, both M, uh, you know both the MSPs and MSSPs and their customers, uh, information security vendors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, hopefully these guys take warning and start to lock themselves down. Fingers crossed. Yes, they're they're all crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Peter, for joining me as usual. Thanks, Rob. Always great to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.